I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. You guys, O-M-F-G, breaking news from Andy's Girl Central. Ask and ye shall receive. After only 128 or 9-ish or 7-ish episodes of Andy's Girls, by demand, there is now available for purchase official Andy's Girls merch. <gasps> what? Oh, my God. Craziness. Oh, my God. And a free whisper with every item sold. You have magnets. You have stickers. I think there's a button. There's definitely a mug. T-shirts, hoodies, materials, lusters. So much. I am now, can you believe it, the owner of an international fashion lifestyle brand. My goodness. Link to purchase on um, the description of this app. OMG. Thank you to T Public. So thrilled. I hope you guys love it. So many options. So little time before BravoCon. So make sure to buy your Andy's Girls merch today. Send me a photo. Send me a little, you know, text slide into my DM situation. Yada, internet, OMG. I want to see you guys killing it in Andy's Girls um, attire at BravoCon, at the office, on date night, just everyday life. And I hope you enjoy this week's episode of AG, which will be even funnier if you're listening to it while wearing a Andy's Girls hoodie. All right, guys. Enjoy. Buy stuff. In the train of life, I ride business. Okay, so this is me at least. Am I going to talk shit this year or own it? Depends. 
I like a thinker. I like when, because Lord knows you've done enough taglines. I like that you had to like re, re you had to introduce it. You had to provide. I background. thought you know I was like well I was trying to write one for myself and then I was like well I think I wrote one for Lisa Rinna a while back. Uh, um, I'm gonna bring that one. Well, out. at least someone is writing for Beverly Hills, so I appreciate your good work, you guys. Hello. It's Andy's Girls episode 128 ish, and you guys, it's an OG of the AG Spectacular. Hi, hi, hi. Daniel Valino. Senior producer at VH1, writer, comedian, bon vivant, uh, co- co-creator and co-host of the amazing podcast You Might Know Her From, which just started its second season. It's true. You can get that anywhere, just anywhere. You just know, I'm always talking about the housewives on it still. I can't get out of it. I mean, it is the best place to be. Eileen Davidson is, is, is connected to so many people who are actors. Yeah, who, which, uh... So Talia, Talia Balsam, right. who was on Divorce and Mad Men and is married to John Slattery right. and was Her married to George best Clooney. Credit. She is As a cousins-in-law with... She's a Van Patten, so... Right, so she's related to Eileen through Vinny. Yes. And then also I've interviewed... Now it hasn't aired yet, but I interviewed Talia's mother, who is Joyce Van Patten, <gasps> who is a character actress for, for forever, and she is Vinny's aunt. Is she based in New York? She is. She feels like a New Yorker. Um, How old is she? 80s? Yeah, in her 80s. How was that? Wonderful. But I asked her about Eileen. Like, I can't stop because I feel like it's like my, it's like, well, this is one of the things that I know is like your niece and like niece in law was on. Uh, Why don't you have Eileen on? Well, I need to try to get her on. Because you might know her from the concept of it is talking to these women who may or may not be like household names, but have had remarkable careers, like a lot of character actresses. Eileen, absolutely. I mean, all of the housewives who are actors could count. Eileen, Lisa, Rena. If you ever have Rena on, I am inviting myself to that blessed event. Um, Can we talk about Beverly Hills? (laughs) I know that it's not on the air, but it was on my mind, which is why my thing is Lisa Rinna really. Yeah, there was some, it was on my mind because some blog said that like production or the producers or Bravo HQ is really unhappy with the footage so far that they think it's dumb, which like spoiler alert, duh, because so was the second half of last season. So if you keep that entire cast intact and then add Garcelle Beauvais and that woman who like owns a store, what do you think is going to fucking happen? Why are you against Garcelle? Listen, I think Garcelle's greatest credit is when she was filing for divorce from her ex-husband and right. sent an email which to, to me his is, agency to me, telling which, everyone that he like To me that means else. that she could be a wonderful addition. But I'm concerned that because it's Beverly Hills, I don't know if she's going to get messy and I'm concerned that she's going to kind of like swan in like a woman who has a, a successful acting career, which I don't know if she still does, but at one point she did. She was like consistently working. And I don't, she doesn't appear to me to be someone that's going to bring the drama. Like I think she's going to be maybe potentially a less successful or equal version of Denise Richards. And that role is already filled. Like I don't look at her and think like, oh great, it's another Rena. I think that I am hopeful because of the way that she took her ex-husband down by basically blast emailing like yeah, w- that was phenomenal. WME about how he had an affair while and she told was pregnant. All of his colleagues. So I think that's badass and hilarious. And like that is exactly the kind of person I want on reality TV. Here's why Mike I have concerns for her is that because she, they've made such a big deal about how she's the first black woman on another franchise. That's yeah. not it that she isn't gonna want to come on and be like the trashy or over the top or or shit stir or 
whatever, ratchet, whatever you want to call her, she's not going to want to come in and be the black woman to upset the white cat, like, cat well, because then it's going right. to be a target, like a racial thing. She might be feeling sensitive about like this terrible stereotype. The optics, yeah. yeah. And, and because she is the first woman of color on Beverly mm-hmm. Hills, there's unfortunately the perception of undue pressure on her. But I would like, love for her to come in and be messy as hell because I, I don't know that I would have... I don't know that I knew Lisa Rinna's like personality enough. All I just knew is that she loved to like be on television and would take any job. So I felt like she would show up for her job. So I hope that Garcelle will be the same. So what do you think about Beverly Hill? I mean, like, what are your thoughts? About I just well, I, the thing 10? that I had read was that the that Bravo execs said the footage was good but bland, and that the women were in were it risk. The, there was the risk of them getting fired still because they were unhappy and there were no major plot points, drama, or like everything was a petty argument. <laughs> And it just like op- me- got me thinking like, okay, well, what are like, what are these new women going to operate? I feel like there's already kind of extraneous people, i.e. Teddy. And then I was like, well, was the solution to keep Lisa Vanderpump? Like for sure it wasn't because she didn't want to play ball anymore. And she was like annoyed that she got called out. And then I was like, well, they chose to fire Camille. Either the network did or the production company or both agreed. Like somebody said we needed to get rid of Camille. I don't know. You don't think that they were begging her to come back because she had conflict and she, she said, said that she, she refused was, to? She said she was asked not to come back. In a, really? In, a, in an Instagram comment. She said, I was already informed I'm not coming back to somebody who's like. Crit- That's surprising to me. I thought she had said something having to do with the opposite, but I didn't read it myself. So, okay. So uh, this is like all, I'm sorry. I have so much to say. No, so tell it, me everything, Damien. We're going to be here forever. So I was just thinking about Beverly Hills because then I read a thing where Brandy had like been interviewed and she said, oh, I've been talking a little bit about maybe filming. I know they're already filming and I text with a lot of the ladies. So I know all the gossip, but I've like, she said she had a conversation with Andy about possibly returning for the 10th season. And I was thinking about it and I think, Based on the way OC is this season, I think that New York and Beverly Hills are going to do what they need to do, which is start bringing cameos of people that are back who have pre-existing drama and history with these people. Because the fact that they brought back uh, my cousin Alexis Polino <laughs> and now and Megan King Edmund showed up and I was like, oh my God, my favorite. And I, two weeks in a row. And I was like, oh, two people who yeah. now, and I was like, are they trying to build the possibility that they could be friends of? Are these just cameos? Are they possibly coming back next season? I think they want the fans to one wonder those things. Like they want to build the universe. So it's weird to me that Beverly Hills decided we lost Lisa Vanderpump and Camille. Let's bring in two totally new people when it's like to me Dorit and Erica and like everybody post Rinna and Eileen joining is still kind of new you know like Erica and Dorit and Teddy and Denise are all still like earning their stripes so it's weird to me to add yet two new people it's like bring Taylor and Camille and Adrian back on even if just as friends of to watch them spiral and create drama with Kyle because they'll be like Kyle you know like everyone's trying to give Kyle this narrative that she is the queen of Beverly Hills now that Lisa's gone Kyle's the queen if Erica said Kyle's the queen at the reunion it's like sick we need drama bring back people who are going to be like well cool Kyle just is like paying you guys all so that you're not talking about Mauricio's lawsuits and potential cheating and the nice thing I totally agree and the nice thing about bringing back an OG or someone who is OG-esque is they can provide a valuable real world trigger for the remaining housewives like that's why I keep talking and I'll talk about this until the end of days why Jill is so interesting to bring back for New York because she has a genuine frenemy-esque relationship that ebbs and flows with Ramona Singer plus several others Lou and several others so it's like that OG they can 
they might be jealous of the people that have remained on the show and become very successful or, or even more famous or rich or whatever else. But also I think on a visceral level, there is that bond there that maybe preceded the show or maybe became real because of the show. But that is like, it's not that it's unbreakable. It's just genuine to me. That's why I love when they bring these women back. It I, feels genuine. I think that the... For us as the viewers, maybe absolutely. not for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that the tease of Megan and Alexis on OC made me think that, okay, for the Brandies and the Jills, two of the people who I think probably had the hardest time coming back because I feel like Jill, because she has apparently a thorn in the side of production, is my what I've gleaned from what I've read and heard. And Brandy, because I think she sort of has like, when they've gone like low, she's gone lower. So I think that both of them have had interesting relationships with the viewers and also the network and production company. But like now is the time where it's like Brandy could come back in. She's cool with Kyle, right? But she doesn't, she has nothing like she can also cause drama with Dorit or with um, Teddy to create drama. You don't think she's become a la your BFF, Kim Richards, like too sad and depressing and desperate? No. You don't? Nope. Why? Because I don't think that, I don't think it's, I think that she's funnier and lighter than Luann and and Bethany. Like that Luann-Bethany fight that was like epic is like all rooted in such darkness between both of them. And like Brandy's stuff is like, she like is poor and like will do anything on television to make a check. And to me that's like funny because she'll be like, I'm on this show because I have kids. I, I wonder if Eddie would let her show them. Maybe they have, like, a better relationship. I think she's, like, getting along with Leanne or whatever. God, bring Leanne Rhymes and Brandy on as, like, that would be a new housewife that would at least make sense. Well, Brandy is going on Watch What Happens. I forget if it's this week or next week or coming up with Kelly Dodd. They're doing a Brandy and Kelly Dodd, which will be the end. Kelly Dodd is not – I don't – listen. Kelly Dodd, we can – we'll dive – we'll deep dive into OC, but I can't take Kelly Dodd um, live. It's it's actually <laughs> too much for me. I get very nervous. It's not fun. It's, like it, – it, Years off so far. I don't think Andy enjoys it. I think he probably enjoys like the mess that is made in the sense that people talk about it, but it is like too wild. Like she needs someone. Do you think they have security when the two of them are coming? <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Do you remember last time like Brandy slapped Jeff Lewis and then or like Jeff Lewis slapped Brandy? Well, but they, and then one she... of them didn't know the other one was in on the joke, and then they both like thought it was real, and then they both thought it was fake, and it was a complete <laughs> mess of a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, anyway, the point of my like rant is just that I don't know what's going to happen with Beverly Hills, but I'm hopeful that they will come to their senses and be like, okay, we need to like incorporate like Camille back in and Brandy back in. And like, I want Maloof just to see money, you know? I feel really not optimistic. I really feel like, but I was wrong. OC week five has been fucking killing it. So like, who the hell knows? When OC started, I was like, I was essentially forcing my, I was like choking it down like a vitamin that wasn't, wasn't actually making me feel better. I, it was not for me. So I don't know. I could be totally wrong. Tell I mean, me obviously happening. Kelly Dodd is the star of the season and like yeah. she is the reason that there's any story. Yep. But I'm shocked to say that like Emily and Gina are the next two in tier, like two level. Like it is a it is a total shock to me. First of all, that Emily, not only Emily and Gina stuff, but like Emily's husband, because then she was on Watch What Happens Live, and she was like, "We're not getting a divorce. He's just awful." But like she was like, and I was like, "Oh, I kind of think that like Emily's one of those people who will only get a divorce if viewers tell her to at a certain point because they're going to be like, stop being in a relationship with him because she seemed kind of like, yeah, this is who I married. Like this is who he is. I, mean, I don't think Emily actually ever considered." 
getting a divorce from him. I think she just decided she would be a little bit more open with the camera crews about how bad it is. But I genuinely, I think ever since he like DM'd her or like I think that, she, I think that, that she is okay with what it I is. I think she's completely okay. I don't think she ever genuinely considered divorce. I think she has decided that this is what marriage should be, like deeply unhappy where you're do- pulling the weight for both of them and calling it a day. Can I, can you hold my microphone? My, I'm very hot. I need to take off my sweater. Yeah, this is great. Are we going to edit this out? No. <laughs> um, well, yeah, Emily and Gina providing story is a total stunning shock to me. <gasps> <laughs> I'm wearing a costume. Heather, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sarah so is wearing a shirt that says I stand for Shan. I realized the other day that I have never worn this. This is it has nine lemons a in a Bre- bowl. A British AG listener made this for me. And underneath, it's but it's so tucked cute. in. Underneath it says like, but I won't buy her QVC salmon cream cheese. Oh, yeah. So I felt like in honor of you coming back and me realizing I hadn't actually worn this shirt. We're going to take a selfie maybe with it after if it, I think I look cute. It's a cute shirt. It, thank you. Shout out to Taylor from um, somewhere in the United Kingdom for making this for me. It's amazing. And, you know, I love a gift. So very cute. thank you so much. Happy holidays. Shannon is interesting this season. How do you feel? I feel really good about it. You feel good about her friendship with Tamara and Vicky? I do not feel good about that. You I feel really good about the fact that, like, I love when she laughs. I love that, like, <laughs> domestic assault of a kiss from Marcos where she oh. was, like, trying not to participate. It, not that's <laughs> terrible. That's not in any way appropriate. But I felt like it was, like, I really, I was, I was shuddering. It's, like, one of those things where you smell a disgusting food and you're, like, the food looks repulsive. And you're, like, let me just smell it or let me have a taste. But you know it's going to be disgusting, but you do it anyway. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt about that makeout session. It was so it was awful he looked like he was like starting with his tongue and then like moving over from there I love Shannon I love seeing her happy I have no issue with her saying fun Shannon I think she has made terrible strategic decisions I do not understand to this day why you think aligning yourself with a woman who got full-on demoted was a good idea I don't think that like bodes well for the future I think Shannon is best right now when she's like doing whatever she does with Emily trying to find some kind of whatever with Gina and like chilling the fuck out with Kelly. Like that is the best Shannon to me. Like, but regardless, I love when Shannon's happy. And I posed this as a question to AG folks this week, which was on um, Instagram. Cause I love hearing from you guys. And I was like, who is your like heart song? Because when I think of Shannon Bedore, I'm not saying she's the best real housewife that there ever is, but, and ever will be. But when I think of Shannon Bedore, I genuinely like my heart gets like filled with like love and affection because I love her. I love the, the evolution that she's undergone. I love seeing her rediscover herself. I think she's really funny. I love when she laughs. I like, like she is my Archie Bedore and I have a fish named Archie Bedore who's in my bedroom. Um, I just like, she just brings me happiness. And sometimes it doesn't, I don't know how to describe it except to say like, I feel a bond with her that I don't feel with anybody else certainly on like OC although that's like a relatively low bar I just love her and I know that people are like oh Shannon and she's making bad choices this season and whatever but I really genuinely just have so much affection for her that she's one of those people that like I don't I am fine criticizing her because no one is perfect and she's made strategic errors and communicative errors this season and seasons past but that doesn't mean I don't love her but when you love someone you like need to tell them when they fuck up Oh, for sure. But I love her. Fine. Tell me. No, I don't know that I have anything like controversial to say. People hate her. I just think the Trace Amigos are 
troublesome. And I think that Shannon's participation is not good. I think if... I would think it would be really badass if she actually stood up against them and aligned herself with Kelly and Gina and Emily. It feels like she tried to in that scene in Kelly's house when they were in like the basement bedroom and she was really pissed that Tamara and Vicky were coming back to her, uh, coming back to each other. She did that in Iceland. She did that in the reunion when... um she felt like it looked like she was she was disgruntled and unhappy with being forced to like hug and speak to Vicky. I think that, but she just kind of went against her instincts. Shannon thinks that Tamara and to a lesser extent Vicky are like the cool girls in school, and she feels like she wants to align herself with them because they make her feel cooler and prettier. Don't you think that Shannon was a cool girl in school? She gives off cool girl in school, rich lady energy. Uh, I don't think she's ever really str- well, except that she could have been a lawyer, but like didn't do it. I think there's a, a thing, a difference between, there's a difference of growing up like wealthy and like running in like a cool crowd, but also there's a difference in like being like a pretty girl and popular girl. And I think like Tamara was like a pretty popular girl who probably wasn't rich. The Shannon thing, though, because she's talked, obviously, such a huge part of Shannon's personality is like, I've gained weight, I've lost it. And when she talks about it in such a way where she's like, I was always a size zero. I was always a size mm. four. I feel a little bit like, I think she was always that woman who looked in control of herself from her body image inside. Like she started with the exterior and she worked backward. And when she fell out of control and she was like gaining a lot of weight, I think she couldn't figure out who she was anymore because looking that way, like sort of icy almost was so important to her that she kind of like lost her shit when, you know, this symptom of a greater disease took over, which was like gaining 40 pounds because, you know, her new best friend was talking about how her now ex-husband was like beating the shit out of her on national television over the course of several episodes. I don't know. I'm rewatching season 12 and it is fucking dark. Oh my God. Why would you rewatch that? I rewatched like 10, 11. I'm doing some Lydia stuff now. I've, I've, Lydia's so dumb. I can't even, but it, watching Lydia and her mom interact makes me realize that like Judy, her mom is the pure version of whatever the fuck Bronwyn's mom is, which seems like Mm. sort of a nasty mean woman who's pretending that because she went to Burning Man for three hours or whatever the fuck she did, that she's like a ball of light and that the teaser I'm sorry I'm getting off on a tangent but like the teaser for next week of like her saying that a security guard like touched her and then accusing the event coordinator and then Bronwyn losing her shit she feels like she has to stand up for her family it just felt very toxic and unhealthy and I I just have a I just have an instinct that I do not like her mother and if we're going to talk about TLC I think Judy did a better job of it than this fucking rainbow of gross um, anyway I think something controversial I'm gonna say is that I thought Vicky was really funny this week in relation to Bronwyn like calling her being like brown wind is being gross I'm leaving she's fucking dancing all sexy and then also like Tamara's gotta go like Tamara and Bron- Bronwyn like making out on the bar like bet a stool or whatever uh, booth was too much Bronwyn was licking Tamara's breast what was that whole thing about? Like, why? I have several questions. Did you think, was it disrespectful to the gay community that they're sort of like lesbian something or other or like sexual fluidity, something where it's like almost where they're, are they doing it for attention? Do they really want to like be up in each other's I think, I don't vaginas, even, I don't know as if it's Vicky offensive says. to the gay community. I'm not sure if that's the right. Is it like disrespect? Do you know what I'm but trying I feel to say? Like it I feel like it's weird. Feels, it feels kind of just like trashy like why are you like are you gay 
like like Vicky said, like they're not gay, so why are they doing that? And it's sort of like, why are you doing that? I think Bronwyn is maybe attracted to Tamara, but I don't understand what Tamara is doing. Is Tamara attracted to Bronwyn? Tamara's is that like any of my business? Tam- I don't even... Well, they're making yeah, it your business wa- right, by putting it on television. I mean, Tamara, I think, is into being feeling is into being thought to be attractive. So I think she just liked the attention. But it was like, don't do it if you don't want it. But if you want it, then it's like, yeah, then you're gonna have to talk about it all season now. So when you, so I got messages from people that were like, Vicky is only saying this because she's dating a cop now or because she's like a Republican or whatever. Oh. I couldn't figure out if Vicky was behaving the way she was. And P.S. that audio was weird to me when she was like, when they were intersecting the cuts of Bronwyn, like I believe Vicky absolutely said it, but it was the the actual audio quality was going in and out, which I was like, what's going on there? But was Vicky saying those things or behaving that way or whatever? Was that because she's like Miss Conservative now? Was that because she was jealous? Like, what do you think was going on? I think that on? she was like, I don't think she likes new people in the circle. And I think she thought it was too much. And like, and Tamara was also playing into it, which I think was annoying to her. She was like, I don't be around Brownwin anymore. She's doing the most. And like, why are they making out they're not gay? And I think that I agree. I thought it was funny. It didn't offend me. I was I thought I was offended more by... The people who are participating in, like, being drunk women who are, live straight lives, but then, like, want to get drunk and, like, hook up on television and be like, oh, my God, you're so pretty. It is interesting that Vicky seems so over it, but then, like, flashes her tits on camera. Fair. All the time. But also, that's not, that that is a choice that she's making reflective of her body. That's not making out with someone when you're in, like, a relationship with somebody else and it's probably not over I don't know the whole thing like made me very confused like how do you go home I don't know it's this is like so stereotypical of me but like you go home and like your husband asks you how the like if she had made out with a man it would have been different but if you're sexually attracted to this person yeah why does it matter well it seems like Bronwyn is like a different they have a different fluid marriage Tamara yeah I don't think Eddie would have been cool if she was like I made out with Steve Lodge I mean I think that's the part that gets complicated right because it's like is it offensive to because it's like she doesn't deem it a real thing so it's like fine to do it because like Eddie won't care because like I just made out with a girl like he knows I don't care it's like well then why'd you do it and if you have an open marriage god bless like that's amazing but she doesn't so how does that work I didn't think that much into it I just thought it was kind of like it was really extra and not necessary well someone asked her on watch what happens or like has Eddie seen the episode and she seemed genuinely confused by the question where she's like what does that have to do with Eddie yeah, she was like, you guys, he's going to need to now because everyone's been tell- like tweeting at him or whatever. I don't know. It That was the one weird part, I mean, the part where I was it, like, honestly, it's strange. It wasn't even the kiss of like, like, I mean, Bronwyn was on top of her. Yeah, they were on her. top of each it other. Was, but it was like, also like Bronwyn like pulled her top down and like sucked her like nipple. So like that <sighs> to me is like beyond being like drunk and kissing. It's like they were like. And, like, I, like, that's cool. Like, I'm into, like, God, two houses should fucking fuck. That would have never happened. <laughs> that's the spinoff we've been missing. But, yeah, that's the, spi- that, that's the spinoff on the NBC app you need to get. <laughs> that's the Housewives spinoff. That's Disney Plus. Brownwood and Tamara's uh, <laughs> relationship. But it was just so strange. I mean, I was into it because I was like, this is, I was like, this episode is a mess. But I was into it. It was a good episode of television. I think this was the fifth week in a row where I genuinely was like, this is giving me so much. And exactly what you were saying before, before right before I took my clothes off, um, the Emily and Gina thing, I cannot get enough of because I have been both of those women in different like fights with people or in my head, if I'm like fighting in my head, but haven't communicated to them. I, I, it is, it is such 
an intense emotional to me like super super real fucking fight and I asked folks whose side are you on an insta 82% said Emily 18% said Gina which is a landslide 82% said Emily. Interesting. Tamara said on Watch What Happens Live that Emily for sure knew that the cousin had a girlfriend. Which, why did she say that? Did she say that because she has actual proof and they're getting ready for the reunions and I cannot wait to hear that proof? Because if there is actual proof that Emily really knew and that, as Tamara alleges, Emily was doing this so that this guy would get that Shane's cousin would get screen time or so that it was a plot or so that they would have something on camera. If that is true, that changes the game entirely. But frankly, my gut fucking instinct is that Emily had absolutely no idea. And this is the thing that annoys the shit out of me with like, I don't know, it's, it seems emblematic of a lot of female friendships, which is you get screwed over by someone and you immediately believe the male guy who's screwing you over and not your good friend who's saying they had no idea. If she is believing the guy that lied to her already by pretending mm. what he was doing was pre- he was lying to her by pretending that this was going to be a real date and that he was interested in, I don't know, eventually fucking her or whatever, taking some tips from Bronwyn on a Thursday night. What, why on earth would you believe this guy who's already proven to be untrustworthy over your friend who has essentially been there for you, although you might not be feeling it lately because God forbid she's going through her own shit. Like, how does that make him? This is what I hate about. And I'm sorry, like I'm saying this as a woman, but it seems so deeply emblematic of so many when there's a guy involved, the people that will believe that person who's already proven to be a fucking liar over anyone else. And P.S. We're believing that a blood relative of Shane's was interested in being on camera and felt are you kidding? Shane, who like doesn't even know the cameras are there and like has no choice but to be completely repulsive because that's just (laughs) what he does. Does whether or not his wife is I on a show. I cannot believe they're together. It's I a- can believe they're together because Emily obviously has some shit. Yeah, Poor, like, sweet, everybody has- animated cartoon Emily, according to Tamara Judge, the worst thing she's ever said. What did she say about her? She said that Emily looks like Shrek. And oh, like, right. Emily, I have so many issues where I, I feel like, like Emily story- is the victim. I also don't like the storyline of like Emily trying to lose weight and like going I think I'm it's pointing to you I think ding it, ding ding I think it's a weird antiquated story then like we already dealt with it with Shannon but Shannon was like a byproduct of her divorce she felt and like she felt like she had gained weight into being in an unhealthy relationship and I didn't like watching it then like I didn't like watching Shannon be the butt of the joke I didn't like watching her feel insecure when Tamara would say stuff about her body but now here we are two seasons later and we're talking like Emily's getting her BMI with like Eddie and Tamara and I and I have to ask myself like the audience has only known Emily to be the size that she is right we like I assume that one of the reasons she was cast is because she is brunette and regular sized opposed to a lot of the other women on this show so I don't want to watch a storyline about her trying to lose weight like I get it everyone has body issues but like it seems like it seems like I know that these people have to like provide what's going on in their lives and try to feed story I don't want that to be her story and I want her to be like more okay with who, with who she is. Okay, here's here's the reality. As someone who has had disordered eating my entire yeah. life since I was a child, something that I will live with probably for the rest of my life, I'm okay with Emily living her truth if her truth is that she genuinely struggles with like emotional eating or whatever. What I am not okay with and what I got into it with Darren a little bit last week is her communicating to production that 
she doesn't want her actual number on the scale showing and them doing that. I feel like if this person, I'm not, I don't know that, listen, you can gain weight and or lose weight and not have an eating disorder. But if you have a disorder, if you have disordered eating, it means that like you can't, you don't have a relation, a healthy relationship with, with eating, either eating too much, too little or whatever else. And with Emily, I just think like if, if, as someone who doesn't live inside of her body and soul, if she is struggling with anything having to do with emotional eating or whatever, she's been pretty open with wanting to uh, lose weight and feel healthy and in her arthritis, whatever affecting that, whatever else. And she's filming a scene because she thought about doing it a cut or it was suggested to her, whatever. And she agrees to participate in that. But she explicitly says at one point, give me my weight. I'll look at the paper when I get home, which is a sign that she doesn't want to talk about the actual numbers. And then she herself says on Twitter that she told production not to include a photo of the scan. I'm the scale. I myself think if I had been in that position and knowing that I have like a disorder or whatever, if no matter the number at my thinnest and most overweight, the feeling is very, very, very similar, which is that you feel out of control or too much in control. And no matter what that number is, let us pretend without, I can't say enough that we don't know like her stuff and whatever else. But if she does have some sort of eating disorder or whatever that can be triggered by knowing what that scale is. And she told them not to use it. Use the rest of the scene, but don't include the number. Like, why was it so important for us to see that number on the scale when she herself said that she didn't want it seen? I just think like, I think if she's struggling with her weight and she's comfortable showing that, how many millions of people in our country specifically struggle with food stuff, eating stuff, or just stuff in general? If she's okay showing it, I'm okay watching it if it doesn't like trigger me, which it hasn't because it it feels real and connected and I'm not living Emily's life. But to show the number itself and then for Tamara to get into a fucking Twitter fight with her because someone tweets Emily and says like, you're beautiful, whatever. And and Tamara, and she says, thank you. And Tamara takes that... Or this person's like, you're not obese. And Emily's like, thank you. And Tamara takes that as an insult and then starts lashing out at this woman who's already super. And Tamara has since blocked Emily from like following her on Twitter, which is so stupid. What is Tamara's? Tamara saw that Emily responded to a tweet that a listener sent her that or a viewer sent her that was like, listen, this is like what obese is. And I don't know what how BMIs work. I could not care less about them. But they were like, technically, it's not obese. It's like overweight. And Emily said, because we all think of all of these words as insults salt and weight is the most important thing um emily says in response thank you because she felt like this person was like trying to defend her and whatever and Tamara took that thank you as emily being insulting to her and eddie and so she went on this whole rant about how crazy it was and i talked about this with darren last week because i was i just didn't understand why they needed to show the number if she's already being super vulnerable and you want to talk about her. I don't know how BMIs work, honestly, and I don't care, but she's talking about she needs to lose weight and she's talking about how she gained a lot of weight in a short period of time and it's not healthy for her with her arthritis. It's not. Like she understands that she needs to be, that in order to survive with like whatever her illness or whatever, she like needs to lose some weight and she wants to lose weight, which is most important. Why can't you talk about that weight loss journey without adding in the number which she's already really vulnerable about it just and then Darren's response was like 
which I understood was like she signed up for it and maybe it'll be helpful to people. But my thing is like it doesn't at one person's like after number could be another person's before. We all have different images and whatever else. But for a lot of people, the black and white number can be um, incredibly personal and private. And I just think she's giving you enough of a narrative in the scene. That why did you need to show it? Yeah, it and the just argument made me that really someone signed up for something is not a great argument about the ethics of reality TV. Like the idea, like, oh, they signed up for it. It's like, let's watch Luann and Countess die. I mean, yeah, let's watch Countess and Kim die because they signed up for reality TV to document everything. It's like, it doesn't mean that you have to document everything either. Well, and the thing with Shannon, too, is Shannon talked about her number a lot. I'm rewatching that season. She literally, like, was super unhappy when, like, Kelly surprised her at The Quiet Woman. And instead of being like, hey, how are you? She was like, she presented herself as like, I understand that you think I'm probably ugly because I've gained weight. And I'm at this number and I'm at this percent body fat and whatever. And she, like, said it as an introduction because she carries her wound. She introduces herself through her wound. She feels like she's a living wound. You can see the pain that she's going through because there's a marked change in her physical appearance she doesn't want you to use that as a weapon against her first so she'll use it against herself she'll like hurt herself first and she talked about the number but everybody's different like some people don't care about numbers they just care about how they feel god bless them some people do some people care about how clothing fits whatever else if you're struggling with that in any way I just think that like that person needs to be listened to Now, if we're going to talk about Kim Richards and other stuff, like where's the line? I think that's an interesting question because Kim probably, if she was, and I'm not like trying to be a dick, but like if she was like in a sober state of mind while they were editing or she saw a screener, she was probably super embarrassed by like the baggy thing in the limo. Like she was probably super embarrassed by appearing um, on a different level of sobriety than other people while they were filming. And I don't know what that level is. I think it was probably potentially helpful for her to not be able to avoid or deny the reality of needing to like for her own health and well-being to like head back to sobriety. Like she couldn't, and also allegedly like production paid for at least one of her like rehab trips. So like, I think it was maybe her like hitting bottom. I don't know what that must feel like to feel like a, a network is monetizing it. But I also feel like the whole interesting thing about Real Housewives to me is that initially this show and this franchise started as like these are women with a lot of money and happy marriages and they're in traditional marriages or whatever else. But guess what? They're just as fucked up as everybody else. Sure. And this to me is an example of that. Not that anyone is pretending that like Kim has been in a healthy marriage on camera or has gobs of money, but this is a woman where I'm seeing her struggle with something that I can connect with, even if I've never had an issue with drugs and alcohol, you know, like, so I don't, in some ways, some of this can be really helpful. There are just little moments where there's like these little pockets of vulnerability that you don't need to use to exploit her because she's already agreeing to be exploited. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I'm going on a little bit of a rant for some reason the number thing annoyed the fuck out of me but maybe it's because I'm more I understand that more having gone through it with Emily than I would with like drugs or alcohol and also Kim is a vile creature thank you so much thank you for time okay guys what a great week (laughs) (laughs) what do you think of the appearance Emily I love you of Megan King Edmonds when 
like when they showed up and Shannon was like, who's that? And then she was like, is that Megan King Edmonds? And I was like, oh, they didn't know that she was going to be there. Do you think that she, was she, do you know what, what the details of that were? Do you know if she was filming at all this season or did she just film that thing? First off, I think that Shannon knew that was her and she was just like having a cute little moment. You don't uh, think that Shannon literally didn't know? I, I think that she knew. I thought maybe it was like a surprise because it, because she, Emily. It would be Ma- strange. I thought maybe it was like a, you know, production would like threw her in there to like throw a curveball to like make something more interesting. And let me tell you, it did. <laughs> she, I love her so much. I loved, first of all, I loved watching, I loved her being in costume and then I loved her being in the bathroom when Gina and Emily oh. were arguing. And I loved that Emily confided in her and then Gina was mad about it. And then Gina like yelled at em- um, Megan to be like, I don't know you. And Megan was like, and then Megan went back to the table and was like, I've got fucking three kids. I don't care about this anymore. And I was like, oh, come back to the show. I loved when Alexis was on last week and was talking what did you about think of that. I loved her talking about like how happy she is now that she's getting properly fucked. Like I was very into like Alexis free as a bird, Bellino, slash whatever her maiden name was I'm very into that and this week with Megan I could have used more Megan it felt like she was great as a part of like this was a little extra like treat for us but she didn't seem to be involved enough nor could she have been honestly based on like this I, I wish that it was like more of a one-on-one with like her and Shannon or something catching up so that I, you got more Megan because w- she could since she could have asked questions about Vicky and Kelly and Tamara I honestly can't get enough of the Gina-Emily fight because I feel for both of them, even though I am blessedly on Team Emily 100%. And it's just interesting to me that on Dallas and Orange County, for both of these women, for both the Gina and Emily conversation and the Cameron Stephanie conversation, one person is saying to the other person, you should be vulnerable with me and only me, but I'm going to judge and mock the fuck out of you if you're vulnerable with anybody else. Like with Cameron on Dallas. Wait, who do you think is doing that between Gina and Emily? I think Gina saying to Emily, how fucking dare you talk about our fight with anybody else and be vulnerable. And you're talking to Megan who you've known for two seconds. Okay. And Emily's response is like, I tried talking to you, okay. but you haven't returned any of my texts. So like, how can you get mad at me for, for, Okay. You're looking at me. I, no, because I just don't think they're the same, but I'm listening to you. Like, no, I, tell I, me tell me why. Well, I, 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 I want to hear now the, how well, you kind of compare that to Dallas. And I think with Dallas, different. it sort of makes sense in my like warped brain. With Dallas, I feel like it's similar in that Cameron is trying to friend shame Stephanie for not being vulnerable when Stephanie's trying to say like, you haven't been vulnerable with me, A, and B, you've been really judgmental like why if I'm not comfortable being vulnerable with you right now why aren't you looking at why that is instead of getting angry at me about it and saying well I've technically known you longer than you've known Carrie why don't you look at yourself and say wow why am I presenting as someone that it's fun to like or fine to work out with but not get into really serious conversations like that to me is like in that moment, Emily looked at Megan King Edmonds as a safe space and Gina got mad at her for it. And in Mexico, Stephanie looked at Carrie with a K as a safe space and Cameron got mad at her for it. It was just sort of interesting to me. It's not it's not equal, well, but it's just kind of Emily and Gina. No. Yeah. Emily and Gina are like apparently best friends. That's what they keep calling each other. I think they are really so close I, and they started at the same time and they were alienated at the so same time. I think that them being on the outs, Gina's point is like, we were in a fight. I just needed some space. And now you're talking to everyone else. And Emily's like, okay, girl, well, I tried to talk to you, but you weren't available and I, right. need, I needed to talk to somebody. But I feel like between Cameron and Stephanie, that argument is like different because Cameron is sort of saying – we have a friendship, an established friendship. Why don't you see me as somebody that you can come to? And 
and Stephanie's like, well, I just see you as it's, we have a surface friendship. And then Cameron is like, you've known Carrie for two weeks. So like, I don't think, I don't think Stephanie's in the wrong, but I think that Cameron's point isn't like, I think it like, I, I don't think that Stephanie's argument of like, well, we have a surface friendship. Like her friendship with Carrie is also surface because they've known each other for two weeks. So like, she's not saying like, I don't see that, but like that in you, Cameron. She's sort of like, well, we have this, but Carrie was just, I don't think it's the same thing as I don't. Yeah, I think you're right. It's not the same thing, but the one addendum that'll add to the Cameron Stephanie thing is that the, an, an additional reason why I will be team Stephanie for life. And also in this scenario is because Cameron was saying to Stephanie, why aren't you sticking up for me? And Stephanie's saying, well, I actually have my own opinion. And I think yes. the way that you were using trash was inappropriate. And Cameron is saying, you're wrong. You're wrong to feel that way. I'm invalidating why you're feeling I do not care how you're feeling you should only care about how I'm feeling and nothing else and to compare it to OC one more time and then let's go back to OC it felt like a mini wait this felt like a mini version of the conversation that Megan King Edmonds had with Heather Dubrow after Glamis Dunes when Heather was like you're not a good friend for going to the hospital to visit Vicky you're not a good friend you're not a good friend and Megan looked at her at that lunch and just immediately was like you're right I'm so sorry you're totally right I was completely wrong let's move on it felt like that was similar to how Stephanie was handling Cameron which I thought was the right choice to just like back down because this person is completely on a high horse and there's no way you're gonna like I don't think Stephanie did do that because she tried to make her point about like I have my own opinions and Carrie I mean it is I think at the end she agreed to disagree and not push it which was like sort of a win for Cameron I, I love that scene with Megan and I think it's iconic between Megan and Dubrow. Heather Dubrow because yeah. Heather Dubrow walked in there ready to cry. Like she thought she yeah. had her storyline for the totally. whole season and Megan walked in and stopped her in her tracks and it was so cool because she was like, I am so sorry. And what Megan and and Heather Dubrow wants to be bowed down to, she wants to feel like she's in power and she never ever wants to feel like she's wrong. And Megan, in order to like move on from this and not feel like she was getting buried, buried or have an argument was just like, yeah, you're totally right. You're totally right. I thought it was great. I thought Megan King Edmonds was like playing chess and Heather Dubrow was pay- playing billionaire checkers. I like Stephanie a lot, but I do take a little bit of issue with the way that like she kind of gets in the court of public opinion as she is sort of like seen as like flawless as the Dallas housewives because she lets Brandy get alive with a lot of terrible behavior I think and has historically so I think she's getting better and they're not lumped in together as she has said multiple times like they're not the same person but she makes that hard when she like doesn't kind of hold Brandy accountable in a many scenarios because she sort of like turns she's like well that's brandy stuff we're not the same person and it's like okay cool but then like also don't involve yourself in whatever like that's part of the show so like you do need to involve yourself but she like doesn't sort of hold brandy accountable so i hear i don't think cameron cameron is not actually a human being in my brain no, she's like, I, not i don't understand her like i can't figure out if she's acting or if it's real but that scene like that part of the, her her argument was i don't think was to say like stephanie your feelings are invalid invalid it was like you never, you don't stick up for me. You always stick up for Brandy. And like, it's true, whether it's by omission of, from the conversation of like Brandy stuff, she always sticks up for Brandy. But she's, Cameron was like, you never stick up for me. And Stephanie was like, well, we're not friends. And I think Cameron was like, well, that's news to me. Well, Stephanie was like, were, you use the word trash. I disagree with that. That was like triggering for me too. And Cameron was like, I don't care about that. Blah, 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 blah. Back to my earlier argument. Like it wasn't great. Anyway, let's continue talking about Orange County. So whose side are you on Gina V. Emily? Hmm. 
I don't know that I have a side at this <gasps> point. You don't? No, because I think that there's, I think, kind of think there's a possibility that Emily knew that Shane was <gasps> cousin. I do. Damien, I am saying right here, right now, if it is, if they, if there is proof, if Tamara isn't talking out of her ass that Emily really did knew, did knew. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, happy Saturday. <laughs> if there is proof that Emily did know, honestly, and was like using this, that is so shitty and it changes everything. I, I'm actually very excited about that possibility because I think that's like so much worse. Yeah, I think that there is the possibility Shut that, up. that he wanted to be on camera. No, or I think that that's true. But do you think Emily, I don't care. This guy is uh, trashed, oh, to use everyone's favorite term. <laughs> He's trashed me. So like, I don't care about him. What I care about is did Emily know and or did Shane know? I think that they probably knew <gasps> something. Gasping again. Even like, you said maybe, it 10 seconds ago. Maybe they didn't know that they, he was in a relationship, but like Shane could have been like. That's the whole thing. The whole thing is, was he in a relationship? But they could have been like, we know he's dating somebody, but it's not serious. It's not like a girlfriend. You know what I mean? But he like, he's a good guy and like it could be a cute scene to film. I think like when you get into this stuff, it's like it becomes behind the scenes of production stuff. So you never know like what is the what. Like, but I think that it could have been. If Emily knew that he was dating and knew that that meant that this date wasn't real and I was on camera, that is fucked up. I and mean, I'm super into it in the sense that that's like even juicier. I'm getting very, very hot and bothered. A la I Bronwyn. think that they thought it would be an innocuous scene a la Ramona going on a date with a stranger on camera, which is like who goes on a first date on camera. It mm. can't. How can that be real and natural? So I think they were probably like, oh, your cousin who we, apparently you've known for a year. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like the thing is, Emily's story just keeps getting weirder because she's like, know, oh, he doesn't. So much. She's like, oh, I didn't know. And they're like, it's his cousin. How do you not know? And she's like, well, he's only known him for a year. They didn't grow up together. And it's like, okay, so it's like a friend basically then because it's not like a cousin of like that you've grown up together. You don't know them. So, like they just keep trying to remove themselves more and more. So I think it's shadier. Um so yeah, and I think that they probably just thought it was something innocuous where they would get to have on be on camera, and then he canceled for whatever reason, and then Gina got to the bottom of it, and he hurt his big toe. So strange. Um, but oh yeah. my god, if that's true, honestly, if someone, if please God, if there are receipts available and Tamara's not talking to her ass and she is not a trustworthy I, source, and that comes out in the reunion or whatever else, I will die. Uh, I will. It will be wonderful. That's I, a four part. I want this season to be the downfall of Tamara, and I don't know if it's going to happen because the trailer for the rest of the season looks really juicy, and it looks like people based someone. I think Shannon actually says like Tamara's behind all of this. No, Tamara says that about Shannon. Oh, or maybe they both do. But I remember at one point Tamara's bearing. Shannon and says the name and, and says also, Shannon's name and I'm like I will not recover from this and, don't you dare come for my girl and they were also like weird on weird terms when the show premiered I feel like like at, they were on Watch What Happens Live and they were kind of like strange it was a strange episode of Watch What Happens Live and like someone but said something been, about um but they've been doing press together oh, they have been yeah so I although Shannon's been like going on like little social gatherings with Braun once I watched Watch What Happens Live with a friend when they were on together and Sh- Tamara said something like I've never had never had a real friend until I met Shannon and I believe that to be true but I don't think that that means it's like real like a, I think that Shannon has had real friends I yes and I I think that Tamara cannot help herself but manipulate people that she might be in real life friends with and when Tamara drops Shannon's name and any kind of thing blaming Shannon I just get very hot and bothered by it because I don't trust her and I remember when the whole weird talking about Heather Dubrow again that whole weirdness when like Heather was hosting Good Morning San Diego California whatever Beverly Hills whatever that dumb uh, morning talk show that's probably a, a huge deal over there and 
Tamra was like, why didn't you bring up cut fitness in a segment? And Heather was like, it was the producers, whatever. And I a thousand percent believed Heather and Tamra used that as a weapon for the rest of the season that like Heather was like out to get her and wasn't a good friend and annoyed the fuck out of me. Cause it was like, this is someone that's really supportive and you're just burying them for shits and giggles. I just don't trust that Tamra isn't going to turn on Shannon again. And when I watched the teaser for the rest of the season that's the impression that I got but also I'm very sensitive about all things Shannon Dubrow so I could have been like inferring something but I just I don't trust Tamra that being said I have heard from so many people who are like Tamra's the worst kick off Tamra you and I have said this before I've definitely I think she needs to go away for a little bit I, I, I don't know how to say this and I'm really ashamed of it and I feel like this is a safe space. <laughs> um, I'm going to call myself trash. She hasn't bothered me the last couple episodes. I, guys, I listen, I am so ashamed. I'm so bothered. I love however, how many of you have reached out t- telling me what a cunt she is. I, I appreciate it. I love you for it. You know how I feel about her future on the show. I haven't, I really haven't been bothered. I've been almost charmed by Vicky, by Tamara. Oh, I don't, I'm disgusted at myself. The shame that I feel. You're into it. I need to break my own big toe. I need to. <laughs> you were into her getting her areola sucked no, by brown wind. That part, I just was, I was honestly watching it. Conf- it was like. You're into her bringing up the train after they all made a, ca- um, a pact off camera not to talk about no, it. No, that's another time that I was angry at her. Okay, wait, maybe I'm taking it back. Maybe it was just, I don't know why, but I like, I there was a moment where somebody <laughs> was fighting outside of one of Shannon's parties of which there were seven this week and they were fighting and she was silent in that super sparkly sweater was it Gina and Emily that were I don't know two people were yelling (laughs) at each other and she was just standing there quiet she didn't say a word for 45 seconds and I just watched her be really quiet I was distracted by her quietness and I just appreciated it I appreciated I is that how low the bar is right now that I'm enjoying it this much that I'm like, wow, look at Tamara standing there. I mean, she also <laughs> fell out of her chair, which was funny. She was so drunk. Yeah, I think. I don't know that I've ever seen her that drunk on the show. I mean, I must have, but. It I mean, ex- she herself was naked wasted with Bronwyn, True. but you know, it was a choice. I also. Um, and I, not a mission. I don't know that I've ever, I've been rocking with. Uh, Tam- um, last season I rocked with Tamara was when they were in Ireland and she got so close to Vicky's face and said, fuck you. Scream. Fuck you. It made me laugh forever i wish i had seen her um assault kelly outside of that neiman marcus that would have been great remember when kelly's like, oh, yeah, like your own daughter camera, right? yeah which you know they have the footage <laughs> like let's not use this so we can yeah, what get another she season. remember Maybe. kelly was like your own daughter doesn't want to talk to you and then people heard it and they were like don't say that and then someone <laughs> told tamra and my guess is that she dropped her shit <laughs> it just made her run for <laughs> and the single best part of that scene is that motherfucking Heather, Heather Dubrow was like, I have never been thrown out of a store before. But they came into the dressing room and said, where is that America? She's got to go. And Heather was so angry, not that her friend had physically assaulted a cast member, but that she was asked to leave. Wait, Heather was on that trip? Dubrow? I feel like I forget that she was on the same season with Kelly because she hated Kelly because she thought how she thought Kelly because Kelly called the show Shannon O'Kern. So yeah, and she was she was the one on the midnight um bus right. to the airport who was whispering to Megan like she was consoling a scared cat by being like, "Your friend is a terrible person. Don't worry, Kelly is a monster." And she was like saying that in a stage whisper, as we all know, um, Heather Dubrow is an actress, and so she was doing her own like super passive 
regressive inside the actor's studio where she was just stroking Megan Kate and like whispering to Megan Kate Adams and being like, we know she's a nightmare talking about Kelly in front of Kelly, probably directly next to Kelly. One of the best scenes in all, there was so much there. There was not that I ever want to hear about that David Shannon thing again, because I think it's like very sensitive and like very, uh, don't want to hear about it unless Shannon wants to talk about it. That was the it was season that Shannon the darkest and thing that's Tamar ever happened. Hated Vicky, right? They didn't talk to her the whole season. That was the season that they hated her and then made up with her and then found out on the bus that Vicky had told Kelly right. that Eddie was gay, which I don't know, and B that David kicked the shit out of Shannon. Right, and then. Vicky did it again and again and again when they did flashbacks of like Vicky saying like I know something about Shannon where you think it's going to be like I don't know Shannon declared bankruptcy or Shannon actually does love chemicals Shannon, and it's Shannon all a lie. never said that she and David had domestic violence issues right she just Shannon just- said the exact opposite which is that you are lying and I sent you a photo of us and we had gotten into a drunken fight the night before we went to Hawaii or Mexico or something and there were bruises on my body or whatever and I showed it to you and it was from me like falling into a door or something something but it wasn't having to do with this and look it was when I was thinner look at this photo of when I was thinner in a bikini she said she said that as a preface of me in a bikini and do I look like someone that had been assaulted which spoiler alert you can't like look like someone you don't necessarily have to have okay but um and Vicky was like well I know the truth I know the truth and Shannon is hysterically angrily screaming at her and being like you are lying and also it's none of your business and also if someone is a survivor of domestic assault you can't really use that as like I've got a big secret (laughs) I'm going to use it to fight you. Oh, Vicky's anyway. A, how are you feeling about Vicky as a friend of? Vicky's a full-time cast member. The only thing that's <laughs> been changed, the only thing that's been changed is her title months after production has been shot. I don't understand this whole, like, here's my question. Listen, we're a hundred million episodes into Andy Scrolls, and there are some weak spots for me and stuff that I don't know and I just don't care enough to learn or people have told I'm sure you've told me this repeatedly and I just keep forgetting over and over again, which feels very on brand for me. But so they they sign a contract, right? And they're paid a certain amount of money mm-hmm. and they don't know who's going to be a friend of until after production is shot when they're in the edit, right? I'm not sure how. I, they must find out at some point because like the Atlanta Housewives just filmed. They've been filming and I think they just wrapped. But they their photos came out whatever, like a right. month ago. And so Kenya were, knows that she's full time. So they were still filming when they shot those photos. So at that point they knew who were going to be the Housewives and who were just um, like Marlo and Tanya knew, and knew that they weren't getting promoted to become full-time housewives. But I'm not sure how the contracts work with, with when you're like auditioning. I feel like it's probably different when you're not. a ha- Right. I don't know how a demotion would work. Like I don't think Nene and Candy think that they're like auditioning to be a housewife. And the weirdness with Vicky is obviously she's the OG of the OC, but I remember there being rumors before production started that they weren't interested in having her back. And she essentially had to beg them and say, I promise I'll get engaged this season to like give them examples of plot, which mm-hmm. she'll give them. And then, you know, she gets engaged and then like buys herself a different ring. We all pretend it's like completely normal. Um, So I don't remember when that happened, but suffice it to say, regardless of the process, she does feel like a presence in a larger her way. In than the I bedroom was, was funny. It was amazing. Her just like. She like didn't do anything. It was so cool. But she also looked confused. Like she didn't know if she should involve herself. She didn't know like what should happen. 
I am enjoying her. I don't know, guys. It's like I have. So, I feel like I'm like a well of bad opinions. I don't know what to do with myself because I really wasn't. I was planning to hate watch this whole season, and it's week five. Maybe I've mentioned that three or seventeen I'm into times. It much more than Dallas currently. I am into it way more than Dallas, and I am into it just in and of itself. I'm into it, and I don't understand how this happened. Like I, I really genuinely could talk about Gina and Emily forever. It's all Kelly. She started the season off really strong because that's, and that's, I think what the problem that Beverly Hills has, like, it's not that I don't want to see people getting along and I don't want to see people being fun and being, and having friends, but that a show, any good story needs conflict. And if all of those women from Beverly Hills are coming back into the new season filming and nobody has issues with each other, then they have to create a conflict. And Kelly is a living conflict. Yeah. Kelly will always provide conflict. She's important for this franchise. I'm she is necessary. That is why someone like Brandy or Jill is no. necessary on New York or Beverly Hills. Brandy Brandy is different to me because she is like too lived in Hollywood, done too many other marriage boot camp, which she's like doing with her mom or something now or whatever. Maybe she did before. Like she's too desperate to be back. She's too, whereas Kelly is just genuinely a conflict. Kelly is just a conflict. No, a conflict. Like she's aggressive and reactive and instinctive in good and terrible ways and communicates in very interesting and special ways. Throw it to the, can you make this a poll this on your Instagram? I want to know how how about how people feel about the possibility of Brandy coming back to Beverly Hills. Fine. And I will post the results, even though the way that you're smiling at me makes me think I'm about to get fucked and not in a way that Bronwyn appreciates. You can CC me in the story. I will CC you. Because I think that it's not that much different than... Kelly. Can I read you a quasi-related satchel yeah, from Lisa in Vancouver, Canada, and tell me your thoughts? Vicky saying Kelly does coke was inappropriate and a low blow, but Kelly's portrayal of herself is what gave the story any credit. People would have a harder time giving it a second thought if it was Shannon, but Kelly's own regular behavior on TV makes it something to stop and wonder. Saying that one particular thing is what has, quote unquote, hurt her daughter and then talking on national TV about getting uh, pounded, pounded, what is happening? Nonstop vagina talk, showing her naked ass in the pool. Nothing wrong with that, but typically super embarrassing for a teenager to have people see their mom no matter how good she looks. I think Kelly is probably doing a good job on her own of hurting Jolie, ouch, and having parents weary of their kids hanging out with her at her home. Having said that, Kelly makes the show just saying she should relax on the Vicky and my daughter stuff which I I don't think came I don't think that was this was sent to me this week I think that certainly applies to last week's episode when but she said that but she's she, saying it online Vicky too said that Jolie couldn't that Kelly couldn't be at Jolie's school right yeah and, and Kelly called Michael and Michael said that that was utter bullshit and Kelly was like uh the coke stuff too p.s Tamara said on some sort of interview press thing whatever that she had also maybe it was the after show that she had also heard those rumors about kelly not being allowed at the school but she herself was like i'm not going to address this because it's just a rumor and i don't i don't know what the source is like i don't have any actual proof which is i think that the the stuff with like cocaine and I think it's we. I think I just think it's strange that Vicky would talk about these things. She's been on the show for so long, and like I get it. Like you talk sometimes, maybe something happens comes out of your mouth accidentally, and then sometimes you make decisions to talk about things to create story. I'm not sure which version she's going with. The latter, I can guarantee it. But, but I think that this talking about people's like 
like like that can make things pretty complicated when you have kids and you are like no, a noted coke head on national television, you know? So um, I think that it's different to be talking about like having a healthy sex life or like enjoying getting pounded or like skinny dipping in uh, on a vacation than it is to like ha- have a label as like somebody who is like a coke fiend because it's like it's still an illegal drug. Frankly, I don't think that like this kind of communicative style is something that Jolie will be surprised at. Considering what we've she seen lives so in far. her home, you know, so, yeah, and her mom so talks I think that, to her. So I think that a those, lot those, about a lot of different stuff. Yeah. So I think that those other things are things that Jolie knows her mom. Also, um, I believe a lot in the power of education. So if somebody wants to take me on a ten thousand dollar trip to London for camp or whatever, that was so fucking cool. On a private jet. I like, hate I'm so glad she dumped that guy. Or he kind of dumped her, but like I'm so glad Dr. he's gone. Dr. Brian Reagan. He was so sick. I'm so glad he's gone. But I think he still lives below her Ugh. in their apartment, which is like condemned or something. He's like a scoop of ice cream. I can't stand him. Well, um, I feel personally insul- insulted by what he said uh, was a diamond, which w- was most certainly not. <laughs> he said it was like a rose gold. It was trash. It was tr- my favorite word. Drinking game every time you hear me say trash this week or cunt. Take a drink. So let's talk about Dallas. Fine. Tell me your thoughts on Carrie because I know you've Carrie with a K because I know you've been having some issues with her. Um, I've just only been having issues because um, allegedly I'm watching a show this season and I don't know why she's on TV. It's hard for me to like I got more fun watching Carrie with a C stand there silent looking pristine like the most beautiful. I mean this as an I do not mean this as an insult. She looks like she's done some stuff. And I love all of it. Yeah, it's like good. a heightened Pat Wexler. Like, yeah. you know how Jill Zarin talks about her liquid facelifts? This is like a heightened, shinier. I don't know. She almost looks like a beautiful, like, duck swan thing. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. She looks wonderful. I think she looks great. She also looks like a fucking rich AF real housewife. And I don't understand why I'm being taunted Do by seeing her in Do you know what the deal was? So uh, I did. I caught the very tail end of an interview Leanne was doing on, like, People TV. And she said that. Carrie, she the way she made it seem is that like Carrie didn't want to be on camera, and that's except, a thousand percent her being a friend to Carrie. There's Carrie absolutely wanted to be on camera and herself produce some pilot of like her running her plastic surgery Starbucks coffee shop thing and was shopping it around. And and uh, Brandy got mad at her because Carrie announced it. I think the day that the trailer went out, and Brandy took that as like someone like coming for her show, which is completely ridiculous. Um, anyway, Carrie Duber wanted to be back. They didn't want to have her back. So they chose this Carrie and she is stupid. And here's the thing is that like, she's, I'm sure a wonderful person. She might not be a wonderful person. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. If we're pretending that that like means anything in this world anymore. So she's probably a perfectly fine person. You know, if I was upset, I would probably be vulnerable with Carrie with a K. Um, but she's not great in this group. She has her head so far stuck up Deandra's ass there. It's it's a weird gray area with me in terms of that strange Wednesday at three o'clock bachelorette party in a large room that was like a third filled where that feels unfair to me to judge that her stuff was on like a Wednesday afternoon because they're filming a television show. I know. I'm saying it's job. not real. I'm saying it's not real. I'm saying it oh, looks oh, like oh. it was produced for TV. God bless. But like, I thought it was also it. weird that the show kept that in as like Carrie with a K shade of like, who has a lingerie party on Wednesday afternoon? It's like, I don't know, bitch. Isn't this your job? Like, isn't this when I I'm think, at my 10 to six? You're at this. Did Carrie say that or did Carrie Duber say that? 
No, Carrie with a K. Oh, said well, it. this was a different. This week was the Bachelorette, the which was party, also yeah. a, seemingly a midweek. Same type of thing, yeah. Yeah, during business hours kind of situation. Of course, it was production. I'm sorry, I called her the B word. No, that's okay. Um, so, do you mean bad at her job? Is that <laughs> so? The problem for me is like, listen. Here's the thing. Production said to her, bring up Deandra or productions like, remember why we hired you because you're like a good friend of Deandra. Okay. Um, camera shoot. Okay. Turn it on. Like, it's like, you know that a lot of, she wouldn't be taught, but it's, that's the whole premise of the show is that you like talk about shit and it's heightened drama. The fact that I, the problem for me is that like, I think Carrie with a K actually believes the bullshit she's spouting to Leanne. And I was a thousand percent Leanne in the argument that they had at her Wednesday at three o'clock um, bachelorette party slash like brunch situation because Carrie is first off saying that a 50th birthday party is more important than a wedding, which is insane to me, like completely the dumbest thing that I've ever heard. Completely inappropriate. She's asking, she's telling Leanne that it's Leanne's job to both forgive and forget when there are two different things. You can forgive someone and not forget. And also, it is a wedding party associated with a wedding where she's marrying a man that Deandra intimated and explicitly said she'd heard rumors had like cheated on other people and maybe also Leanne. So, why the fuck would Leanne invite this woman? who could have compromised her relationship to this event. And also it's Leanne's choice. And you can forgive but not forget. It is Leanne's choice and she shouldn't be shamed for deciding that she can forgive Deandra, but she's not going to forget it. Now, if I was Leanne for TV and other purposes, I wouldn't have invited Deandra to any of the pre-wedding festivities, yeah. but I would have invited her to the ceremony because you were the f- you were her maid of honor when she married hot war photographer Jeremy. So I would have invited her because this is someone you have history with her, you have history with Mama D. Just invite them to the ceremony. You don't even necessarily need to invite them to the reception, although I feel like there's probably some like post article about how that's inappropriate, but invite them to the special day. You can see them as much as you want to. You'll be surrounded by love and you'll be the belle of the ball, but don't invite them to the pre-events. I think it would have been insane for Leanne to have invited Leanda to Deandra to this pre-stuff knowing what happened to them last season. And I thought it was genuinely insane that Carrie was Carrie with a K was trying to like genuinely instigate and incite a Leanne themed riot at her bachelorette and then be like well you're talking and like have these weird little retorts and seem genuinely confused as to why she was losing like I think I think in some small part of Carrie's with a K's very small brain she really believes this and that is what is so frustrating to me because I in this context fully believe Leanne and I also think that's why later on in the episode we were, we watched like some snippets of uh, the episode before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Later on in the episode, there's a moment where, um, speaking of vulnerability, where Carrie with a K is being vulnerable to Leanne about Carrie's having a rough childhood. Her mom like kidnapped her when her parents were going through a divorce and like brought her back to Mexico, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And Leanne's like, oh, are you saying that as some sort of contrast to my childhood? And Carrie's like, no. And then... Carrie brings up that like I think am I making this up guys fact check me on insta that like Carrie brings up that like Leanne seems to be using her childhood as as an excuse or whatever blah 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 and they get into it which is like a revolving I'm so sick of that weird like abuse competition that's happening where the women are like Leanne keeps bringing up her abuse we're sick of hearing about it you're using it and it's like Leanne keeps saying she she killed her to kill herself and it's like okay cool that's true that she did maybe she does bring it up at inappropriate times okay please stop trying to bring steep like stop Stop trying to one up her with your own stuff or like stop ju- like just it, the way they're talking about the like abuse and childhood abuse is so strange. And then like the way Carrie is 
qualifying Leanne's abuse or the way she's talking about it. And then, but then also bring. Yeah, they're expecting that this woman who has survived a, a lot of trauma, why she wouldn't bring it up. And I think Lan brings that stuff up not to one up. I think she uses it as a wall to like shut stuff down as a self-protective mechanism. And maybe to justify bad behavior to say yeah. like I've, I've And maybe been she has stuff. some justification for that. She she did not learn proper coping skills and try as you might, some of that shit remains embedded in your DNA. And Leanne might use it a little as a self-protective whatever. I'm not going to judge her for that. But Carrie seems to think that Leanne should trust Carrie's intentions all the time and feels horrified or looks horrified or responds to someone who's like completely mystified why Leanne would respond back and be like, are you are you saying this as a way to insult me or cut me down or 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 whatever else? And it's like there is no trust here. Leanne and Deandra don't have trust and Leanne and Carrie don't have trust. And I don't see that getting better. I see it getting worse. And I put a lot of blame for that on Carrie. I am exhausted by the Leanne and Deandra argument. Like I don't, I find Deandra, Leanne is a complicated pe- person, but Deandra, I find to be the most unlikable housewife maybe ever. She's <gasps> like, I've, what? I'm, I'm so like, I don't care. I don't have any sympathy for her. I think that she I, had such a good first season. Before yeah. And we I knew think her. she totally wrote, I think before she totally changed who she was. I think like the tell, like you she, think more, you're saying this morally. You're not saying this as a bad housewife. Because oh, I mean, I'm like, don't like her. I don't like watching. Peggy Sulahan is I don't, in the top five. Oh yeah. But I'm saying I don't, I don't like Deandra and I don't like have sympathy or empathy for her story. Like the fact that like we're still having this conversation, it's like, they are like in a fight because Deandra thought because she came from a certain family that she was the star of the show, and they're still arguing about that. Like she's mad that Who's her the li- queen. She's mad that her white trash carny friend is the star of a show that she joined, and their friendship fell apart. And like I'm not interested in De- like Deandra should not be invited to any part of that wedding in my opinion. She spread a huge rumor because she wanted to be famous and relevant, 100%. and she doesn't deserve to be invited. I'm annoyed by everyone talking about it, including Brandy and Stephanie and Cameron. Like, nobody, at this, this point, like, let this die, because it, it was all of last season. So, like, it's done. Like, you have to either forgive and forget, or, or should I say, you need to forgive and move on so that the show can move on, or you decide you're not going to, and you don't deal with each other. But, like, the idea that Carrie is there being like, you need to invite her. It's like, one, I don't know what the history is outside of the show. It's nothing. But if, if, if you guys are friends forever, okay, cool. But you're not. And also, like, no one – you're not a voice of reason. Like, you, we don't think that they need to be friends. Or, like, this isn't the place to do it. You aren't the, the vessel of the person who's supposed to be telling her this. Like, I was so into watching Leanne eviscerate her. But I still feel like Leanne is getting this, like, she's a villain, she's a villain. And, like, I'm exhausted by that, too. Frankly, I wanted Leanne to, like, kind of coast through this season and just get married. Like, I didn't really want her to be the center of drama. Like, I'm exhausted by everyone just hating Leanne. It's, like, exhaust. It's like watching Jersey where it's, like, everything has to be about Teresa. Oof, that's a, that's how I feel like a every, shitty comparison I feel for like Leanne every, to deal with. Everything is connected to, to Leanne. It's, like, every everything is connected to Leanne. Anyone who aligns themselves with Leanne is in the wrong. So it's, like, watching Cameron and Stephanie fight, I'm, like, oh, of course. Like, the lines are drawn again. So it's Leanne and Cameron versus... Carrie, Brandy, and Stephanie. Again, like, it's like that is the same. It's like the same thing we've watched the last two seasons. And the last two seasons were great. Carrie Duber became a really interesting character because she actually seemingly formed a real friendship with Leanne. And so her kind of vacillating between both sides and like her being on bad terms with Brandy because of that. And like all of that was interesting. But now it's like we're back all over again. So now, now the new girl aligned herself with like 
Deandra and Carrie um, and Stephanie and Brandy. And it's like watching Cameron and Leanne just be like, I don't know who Cameron is. Like, I don't get it. And Leanne is the villain. And it's like, this is exhausting. I don't think Leanne's the villain. I think Deandra's a bad person who got, who want, who wants to be famous, got a crazy facelift, got a bad company. Like, I think that's hilarious to me that she's like got the company and it's like a joke. And it's like, everyone apparently knew it was a joke is what Leanne said on Watch What Happens Live. Like, that everyone knew it was already in. It. Yeah. And she didn't say it in a way that was like. She wasn't being negative. She wasn't she being was like, negative. Oh. She was like, it's a lemon. Like, we knew it's been in the she, red for a long she time. She said that I think, she said that she didn't, she was really honest in the. She was, she was not shady. being disrespectful. She said like, I think, I, she said I didn't, don't think that Deandra knew how bad it was. But right. But I think we all knew that the company was in decline. And Leanne also said on the show, and I agreed with Leanne A, and also empathized with her and felt like she was not trying to bury Deandra at all. She was like, I said to Deandra, go into the office like find out what the numbers are and I believe her that she probably did say to Deandra like what's happening here like have you done a real look through the books and she didn't and also the scene for there's a scene for next week of a little quick snippet of Deandra going to like I don't know a picnic with Mama D or whatever and Mama D like makes some side joke of like you're poor or something it was very weird and I can't wait to see what the actual context is but like Deandra's interesting to me when, if and when we find out she is flat ass broke because her trust is literally untrustworthy. I mean, like there's no money there. So that is something that is an episode. Yes, I would, that's interesting. To that me. is the, the a her relationship with Leanne is no longer interesting to me because at this point I know it's broken. I it's know. Done. I know that I know that they both valued their the fame in the show more than they valued their own friendship. Agreed. And I honestly think that and I and I do blame Deandra for that more because she came on to a show that Leanne was already the star of. So she came on and like that who's that? I don't, I don't know the intimacies of their friendship, but that's my judgment is like the Deandra is worse off for it because she came on as Leanne's lackey and then like watched the friendship fall because they got into an argument off camera about who was the queen. That is wild to me. They are 50. Um, It is super wild. I'm just sorry. Very... That was a real rant. No, about, I, like, we Leanne. both had our rants this week and I loved yours. <laughs> I just, I can't believe that you think she's the worst real housewife. I think she's one of You the... think she's worse than Carrie with a K? Well, I think that Carrie with a K is operating that place that I think Kelly Dodd did in season one. Um, and that, Somebody else that I just had was on the tip of my brain. Peggy Sullivan. I mean, maybe like in a way, Brandy, not Peggy. No, in no ways, Peggy, because Peggy didn't do anything. Like that's what I thought you were gonna say. Kelly came on and like instantly blew everything up, and every oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. everyone, including Heather Dubrow and Sarah it Galley, was super could unlikable. Not deal with it completely. And I think that Carrie is attempting to do that, which is to say, like she's trying to blow up every moment and to be like trying to engage in dr- in plot and drama to move stuff. So like will I, I will I that. thank her at the end of this season when the season is good because she is the one who like was the driving force because Stephanie and Cameron and Brandy weren't going to make Leanne's bachelorette shower whatever the fuck it was they weren't going to make it that about the Deandra stuff you know what I mean like they needed somebody to like drive plot and so Carrie is doing that so I don't hate her yet Deandra I don't I hate it her now because I feel like I see her pretty like I think she's kind of gross. Yeah. Huh. She's up there in my top five. That's a thinker. In, in the five, in my five worst. Who else is in your five worst? I don't know. I never thought about this, honestly. It's just like, I find her to be so, like, I'm so, I have no compassion for her. And that's like hard when you're trying to root for people. You are so shocked. I just, I feel like that's giving her so much attention that Carrie with a K doesn't deserve. And I feel like the thing with Kelly is at least like Kelly. You hated was, Kelly. You, I said, you said still she had, had to issues go. With her you were like, and she's, she's got to go. She was awful. She was just like a black hole of evil. And I didn't like the way that she was, she was sort of becoming a little bit of a, 
Orange Beesh. County demon. But with Carrie with a K, I'm like, she's just stupid. It's these, like, I wish I want Carrie with a C back. These shows need these women, the new women, though. And this is why. One of the Basketball Wives did an interview recently, and they said they always bring in new- Which one? It was like an old one. It was like Megan James, who was on an old season. Oh, okay. But she did an interview, and she said they always bring in new girls because they need new girls to start drama with the old, like the existing girls. And then she was saying Basketball Wives um, usually fires those new girls. So it's like every cycle, season they're just cycling in new people, which is like kind of true and false. But house, <laughs> Housewives needs the new women. They need the they need to invigorate the cast because at a certain point, people are like, we're all coworkers and we like each other and or no one wants to watch us argue with the same people over and over and over again. So we need new people to come in and shake shit up. So I think that Carrie is like coming in and doing the thing that she was supposed to do as a new housewife. I don't like her, but I think that she is like creating, has created most of the conflicts. Unfortunately, again, they're all, everyone wants to fight with Leanne because she's the star of the show. And like, to me, that's exhausting. Like fight with Stephanie. I want to see the ugly parts of Stephanie. And I don't mean that as like, I don't like Stephanie. I just like, I want to see someone get under Stephanie's skin in a way... I'm not talking about Stephanie. He's looking at, he's reacting to the faces I'm giving you. Yeah, because I don't think that that Cameron thing wasn't real. Like it was, the stakes were not there. It was not a real argument about anything. Like people are attacking Leanne in real ways about being like, invite Deandra to your wedding. Well, Cameron does attack Stephanie in the seat in the the teaser for next week. Cameron's like, did you not tell Leanne you were going to her like ninth bridal thing? And, And Stephanie's like, essentially like don't fucking talk to me I believe that that is real because I believe that Cameron is like genuinely enough she's so privileged and rich and spoiled and obnoxious that she really thinks that Stephanie should bow down and Stephanie's like go fuck yourself I am a pristine angel which she by the way fact checking 100% is yeah I mean I like Stephanie because of like her struggles like with her depression and how open she is about that and I like her because she's funny um, and like sweet and kind and lovely and warm and charitable and amazing. Sure. I mean, she seems cool. I also just like want to see dark sides of her because everybody ha- f- contains those things. Like everyone contains multitudes and like Leanne isn't, can't be the only interesting person and it's exhausting to watch the same person defend themselves. Like also the stuff that St- Stephanie's defending herself about inviting Cameron to or not a bachelorette party for Leanne is a lot different than t- defending your f- husband rumors that your husband cheated on you you know what I mean like the stakes are so low with some of the other women's stuff that it's like exhausting to watch like Cameron's mad at Brandy and Cam um and Stephanie for like carrying around a dildo on a trip and it's like cool that's a lot different than being like invite Deandra who said that your husband cheated on you invite her to her to your wedding and all your it's like that's exhausting and it's exhausting to watch it as if you were to be like of course Leanne is like unhinged and insane and wants to have hands and kill people because people are constantly attacking her things. But then it's like when it's like people are you carried a dildo around and that's like and I have manners and you guys don't. It's like that's stupid. It's funny. It's like Housewives needs to have a have to have those different layers of drama. But I'm I'm tired of Leanne being the center of everything on Dallas. I'm concerned for Dallas. I don't follow ratings. You follow ratings more than I do. I've had people that are like da 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 da. I think it's the worst rated one if I'm not mistaken I, because it's new yeah. and also it's not doing well. I don't think they could have afforded to have the response to the season the way it is. Where I feel like if the ratings aren't good, if people are like completely vocally like we love it, we love it, we love it, they'll give it more of a maybe more of a shot. But it's the combination of middling ratings and like flat responses from viewers because this is not the last to me episode. An the last, last episode episodes was great. have like been getting better. So it was I, fine. Like, it was good. It was so great. It was maybe good. it'll find its footing. And I don't know. Maybe Carrie will become like a Kelly Dodd where you're like, I hate her. But there's she, no she way. made all of the things happen. Well, we're, she, you said it here first. There's no way. Let's see what happens. I know. I've been wrong before. I mean, Beverly, I've been not wrong, but Beverly Hills in New right. York also don't get good ratings. Um, So 
Beverly Hills got like series best rating. Well, that was because of the fucking dog or whatever this past season. Oh, it's but like it's series rate best is like different than like good ratings. I thought Beverly Hills was like super high. See this thing. I really don't follow. Ratings. I'm pretty sure I that it's like Atlanta. I think it's like Potomac, Atlanta, New Jersey. I'm not joking. Like those are the three best rated. Really? Yep. Then I would think Beverly Hills would be like fourth and then New York after that. I don't know. And I, then everybody else. I always, because we live in New York. I feel like so many New York media people watch We New all York. watch it. Everybody in New York watches New York. Um, which is interesting. It's our own little bubble. It's yeah. a bubble I love to live in. Um, I love to sit on the people's who. Oh, I got heated about Leanne. I was in such a laid back mood. No, please. Speaking of being in a laid back mood, I am not in a laid back mood about a very exciting announcement. <gasps> Andy's girls, listeners, you've been asking about this for forever. And lo and behold, it's finally arrived. AG merch, official merch. Are you planning to attend BravoCon? Do you have Santa owing you a gift that's not just coal? My <laughs> God, if you visit Tee Public in a custom link that will be included in the description for this episode, you can buy your very own OG of the AG hoodie. You can buy stickers. You can buy magnets. You can buy mugs. You can buy so many t-shirts with so many inside jokes, including, of course, an Andy's Girl t-shirt. If you consider yourself to be an Andy's Girl, as yeah. we all do, I want to see you wearing it. I want to see you tagging me in it. I want to hear about you buying it. I want to hear about you loving it. You get to decide the quality of the materials of the t-shirts. There's so you get to you could choose a, a city, a, one of those weird city shirts that everybody loves. Oh, like Potomac, like the, New York. Is Miami listed on it? Miami and DC did not make the t shirt, <gasps> nor did they make anybody's like sense memory that they want to treasure. <laughs> um, but anyway, guys, I hope you love the merch. Give me your thoughts and feels, but only if they're positive. And um, I want to see you in it at a BravoCon. If I run into people wearing AG merch at BravoCon, I <gasps> That's will amazing. I will like literally die, like D I E, literally quite literally will die so I hope you guys love it um if you don't don't tell me about it and <laughs> wear it for Halloween I don't know be your best um OG of the AG and yes we have that merch available as well Damien Bellino tell the people um how to follow you and whatnot you can follow me on everything on Instagram Twitter Venmo and Facebook at Damien Bellino D-A-M-I-A-N-B-E-L-L-I-N-O um, Venmo, Damien, and myself a dollar and tell us how much you love the OGs of the AGs when we reconnect. Um, Twitter at Sarah Galley, Instagram at Dame Galley. I will put up a poll on Instagram of do you want to see Brandy return to Beverly Hills? If you love me, just, just be honest. Just I fine, know be that honest. She, I know that you might feel like she's a Sarah's favorite word, trashy, but also like does Beverly Hills need her right now? Here's what Beverly Hills needs. I've said this for the last several episodes in a row. I will continue saying it. I will say it to her the next time I have her on the People's People's Couch. Bring Leah Black to Beverly Hills. You have seen her in cameos on Flipping Out or whatever else she's done. Maybe Million Dollar Listing. I think I'm making that up. She has a house in, in LA. She is very wealthy. She is an actual alpha. She could be the new queen of BH. God forbid. She is funny, smart, quick, witty, done and done. I don't know why this isn't happening. It seems so deeply obvious. I cannot. If we're going to talk about the Marvel universe of Real Housewives, if Miami is super dead, bring back the superhero. Interesting. I mean, it's only a matter of time before they make someone move to a different city. So I'm wondering who maybe that'll be the first example. It would be magical. Also, shout out to Juicy Joe, who I would maybe be okay with having sex with, but only if I don't have to see his face. Ah! 
because the problem is like from the neck down, it's great. But when you see the neck up, it just really isn't doing anything for me. But um, shout out to Juicy Joe. I did not recognize you and I have stared at an assortment of new photos of you. New, you not nude. Him now? He's not on Instagram. It's just shit that Gia and Tree are posting. Poor Teresa, the one time you'd actually want to have sex with Juicy Joe in a vineyard in Napa. And now he's like off in Italiano. You think they're going to go to Italy on the trip? I think she's negotiating that into her contract to get an on-camera reunion with him. I don't. I think they're going to get divorced. I don't think that a single person should critique her for that decision based on the last three and a half years and also the fact that their marriage has been dead since probably like a year after they got wed. Oh my goodness, you were ready to go. <laughs> I mean, I have some thoughts and feelings and that's why you guys listen to AG. So um, tell us your thoughts and feels. Damien, you know, I love you and I'm obsessed with you. Thanks for having me. We need to crowdsource people um, buying us our own merch. To wear in the photo. And I will a thousand percent, probably maybe, um, possibly take a selfie of us with me wearing this. Um, I, sh- I stand for Shan t-shirt. And shout out to um, Taylor from somewhere in the United Kingdom um, for making this for me. It is amazing and I really appreciate it and I appreciate all of you Damien love you shout out to Alexis Bellino shout out to Alexis Bellino so glad you're getting fucked and guys we'll talk to you again soon bye bye